Welcome to Bonehead Weekly, and I want to say thank you to our. I guess you're just welcome. I think you're just a glutton for punishment, Todd Farmer. Oh, I mean, I've been on the show more than your 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 people. You've been on the wives, parents, kids. Well, if you want to know the truth, I don't even think my parents know I do this after five years. I don't think they care. I wouldn't tell them. Uh, well, I don't. I thought your mom care. did because we made jokes about your mom. Yeah, but I make jokes about my mom all the time. But she would never, even if she knew it, she wouldn't understand what it was, nor would she care. That's that's just uh, about being a parent and being yeah, disinterested in me. You know, Todd, you're a parent, disinterested. I am a parent, right? I am right. So, what I want to talk about because you are a screenwriter. You are a writer, you are an actor, and what we find complicated, and it's hard to explain to people who might ask us about this in our normal lives, all three of us work mm-hmm. in higher education, but they a lot of times people will come up and say, blah, 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 or can you explain this to me? And it's hard to explain, first of all, that Hollywood's probably one of the last places where the actual unions there's a lot of unions in town it just isn't all over the rest of the country right that is true it's true even higher ed it's not it's i'm going through something right now where a union person would be really helpful for me right now right so that would be great we don't have any of that in higher ed i mean there are some but for the most part not so much and hollywood is one of the last vestiges of kind of union it's a union town from not only to the carpenter to the to the teamster driver to the writer to the director and the dga just struck a deal correct um well we'll see it's going up for a vote to see if uh if it passes but uh and it may not because a lot of the dga members are not happy so we'll see we'll see what happens Okay, so first of all, let's do a little history. And and if some of these questions are a little tough on you, I apologize, but we're just calling you our expert. Also, by the way, a friend of ours, production designer, Mick Strawn, has always been slightly jealous of you because he actually, you were going to beat him for amount of appearances and he demanded to do another episode to come back on to do this. I'm like going that. to get it. I'm going to get a text me- and I get text messages and random voicemails from him screaming obscenities at me. So I'm going to get one in a couple of weeks and I can't. That's good. Can't wait. And it might even be about the show. It might even be about the show. <laughs> it might even be about the show. I'm okay with that. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about <clears throat> the history of May- not only the Writers Guild, but all of the guilds. Do you know that much about the history throughout town in Hollywood? I don't. Really? So, so that was an easy segment. <laughs> <laughs> and that concludes tonight's Bonehead Weekly. We'll see you Thank next you. week. Thanks for coming, guys. Where our guest will be Mick Strawn. <laughs> I guess. Look, Normally, writers and actors are narcissists. I only know about my history. So <laughs> so are you a union person before you went to Hollywood? I doubt that you were. Uh, I got in the union. Uh, no, actually, I wasn't because I was in construction. And I, I know when my because my father was in construction. Yeah working um i had uh we built a hotel and the union came in and they were not the best uh workers and so my uh my take on unions was not very positive at the time and uh and then i had a a guy a friend of mine uh, uh the 
the father of a girlfriend I was dating who was explaining he was in the union. He said, look, you just got some bad apples. He said, they'll do that. They can take advantage of the system. Most people don't do that. Most unions don't do that. And then when I got in, uh, when I did Jason X, I got in my own union. I got in the WGA. Right. I've been in ever since. So what are the positives? And let's start with the negatives. So every, I have several friends who, who work in higher ed who are actually very conservative and are <laughs> extremely anti-union. And then one in particular, he's a dear friend, but he has he will give you stories because he has uncles that worked not only in unions, but in the auto industry unions <laughs> and would just, like you were talking about, push it to the limit, push it to the yeah. limit, push it to the limit, push it to the limit. And knowing if they went to ride here, they weren't getting fired. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That does happen. Yes. Yes. That not, that, not as a writer. I mean, you don't really, we don't have that kind of. No, but I'm curious before union, we but... get to the positives, I'm curious, what are the negatives of being in the writer's guild? Are there, um, negatives? there has to be. Uh, I'm not, a, I'm not aware that there are negatives off the top of my head. Um, I mean, certainly well, let me pop over to the positives because there's only two for the most part. Uh, that is, you get great insurance and you get residuals. And so that's that's a that's a big deal. And then there are times when um, there's no real system that governs the residuals. So out of the blue, sometimes Lionsgate or the, the Writers Guild will come out and say, hey, Lionsgate hasn't been paying residuals. So we sued on your behalf and blah, blah, blah. This is what happened. Here's how much money you're getting. That's happened several times that I didn't I didn't know I wasn't getting paid because we're not allowed to see the numbers. And so the guild does that on their own. And so that's a lovely thing. But uh, as far as negatives, I mean, you have to pay. Them. I, don't, I don't do what you have to pay them. Yeah, but it's not very much. I mean, considering, you know, and isn't I think it, it's like percent and a half, maybe. Oh, so it, that's really low. So it's yeah, it, it, it's in the single digit percentage. Yeah, it's it's single digit. It's it. I think it's a percent and a half, but it may be two, maybe three. But it's not enough that it has ever been something to annoy me. And I'm, um, I'm a, but but also, I'm a guy who I love giving a percentage to my lawyer. I love getting a percentage to my ten percenters. I don't have a problem with that. I never have because uh, I feel like they earn it. But um, and if they're doing their job, then we all make more money together. So I'm I'm okay with that. And I feel the same way about the guild. The guild. There have been times I can the the strike comes down in a nutshell. When I first moved out here, uh, I became friends with a guy named Dean Reisner. Dean Reisner wrote High Plains Drifter, Dirty Harry. He, you know, uh, Blue Thunder. He was, you know, he was a child actor with Chaplin and so forth back in the day. And, right. and he's just he, prolific. He seventy nine. Yeah, he was seventy nine when I met him, and just absolutely a piece of old bastard that i couldn't do without and he taught <laughs> me a great deal about writing and um make strong and i remember Sorry. early on what's that our friend Mick strong we we're talking about earlier is like a piece oh. of old, a piece of old bastard i can't do without and i was i was like oh yeah yeah i guess Mick. yeah 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 so uh he uh when i he lived in encino and he he said uh i'll show you this and he he brings over a uh an envelope and shows me a check and it's check for I think it was 10 grand round 10 grand 10 something and change and it was for dirty harry and i didn't i didn't know what it meant i didn't know what that he was saying it's a residual check and, and so dirty harry was 27 years old at the time when he showed me this and yet he's getting a check for 
$10,000, 27 years later. Now I've been doing this for a while. Jason X has been out over 20 years. I don't get checks for $10,000 from Jason X. They're good checks and it's better than some of the other checks, but, and I'll explain why that is. Lee Reisner got big checks because he was part of the VHS deal. And the VHS deal got paid a whole lot more per residuals than we get paid today. And that is because there are no VHSs anymore. It, by the way, we still have that deal if somebody was out there buying VHSs, but nobody is. And so when the DVD deal came along, and this was back in 2007, 2008, pre that, that's why we went on strike. Because they had, when the DVDs came out, they said, hey, we, this is a brand new industry. We don't, new, it's brand new technology. We don't know if it's going to work. So we need to lower what we pay you guys. And we were like, absolutely, we're team players. Let's do this. And then later we'll renegotiate and we'll bring you back up. And they never brought us back up. So we're getting paid pennies, not even pennies on a dollar, percentage of a penny on a dollar. And so that was a problem. And now that DVDs are sort of more or less phased out because of streaming, streaming basically pays nothing. You When, when a streamer, say Netflix, gets our movie, and I still don't exactly know how it works. Say they get uh, American Werewolf in London behind you. The writer gets paid for the one time that they, they run it. Even though all these different people are watching it constantly, you're still getting paid that one time. Now, it may be a little different than that, but that's the way it was explained to me. So basically, you're getting next to nothing. Right. And I've seen that happen. I've seen it go down, down, down until you're getting nothing. Now, put it back on you guys. You guys get paid to teach young minds. And you get paid a certain amount of money every year. As a normal screenwriter, I might get one gig a year where I get paid. Sometimes right. I have to go a couple of years to get a gig, but I might get one gig a year. Now, imagine if you guys get paid this year, and then when 2024 rolls around, you just get maybe a thousand bucks here, maybe $500 there, and that's it. You get nothing for the entire year. And then when the next year rolls around, maybe you get paid again, maybe. Or maybe you have to wait two years. Well, that's what that's what residuals were. It was we as writers in America, we don't own the property. So as a trade-off, we get a piece of the residuals. And that's what makes it fair to us anyway. So we don't own this thing that we have created. It's unlike music, where if you create the music, you own the music. We don't. We own we don't own any of it, but we get a little piece of the residuals. And it's getting littler and littler and littler. Is littler a word? You guys are educated. Not particularly either educated nor smart, but yeah, I, and for our, most of our audience, they're going to understand littler. And for the fact that you were all from Kentucky, we totally understand littler. That's some bitches. A lot perfect. littler. It is littler. Littler. No, that, and you did a perfect job of explaining residuals because even if it's $100 here and $500 there, the more movies, the more prolific you've been mm -hmm. throughout your career, the better those months are every few months or every quarter or whatnot, correct? Yeah, I mean, not as much anymore, but yes, that was back in the At, day, that was a big deal. Even 20 years ago, that was a big deal. Oh, 20 years yeah. ago is a huge deal. Well, Jason X is still Jason X is a movie that nobody went to see. Well, that's not true. People went to see it, but it wasn't a big box office success. Hey, we did. We I did. did. We, we actually, yeah, but you guys I are agree. idiots. So, <laughs> fair. Yeah, tough, but, but fair. Hold on. Hold on. Who's the bigger dumbass? The people on the show or the people that say, yes, dumbasses, I will come on the show. Then I bought, I bought the movie poster as I was seeing the movie, if I'm not oh, mistaken. Oh, wow. Over here. Yeah. I'm waiting for this son of a bitch the next time he's in Kentucky. Yes. Because I would I like would to just buy. I told him, I was like, I would have bought you dinner. 
I would have bought you dinner, but no, <laughs> I've got to go see my brother. Sorry, keep going. I know. What I'm a dick be- am I? I'm just being a jerk. I don't expect you to come no, out to fan service, um, but I would have bought you dinner. Yes, I, I was there. We can talk about that. That's okay. We'll get back to it. We're we're talking about the WG. Oh, did we freeze? Joe froze. We froze. Yeah, Sorry. Yeah, that, that's okay. We're not much to the conversation. Oh, there you go. <laughs> All right, hold on for he one second. <laughs> your internet's, your internet's crapping out again. All right, hold on for one second. Let me fix it. What? Certainly with the, in, like on the insurance, there's, I'm tenure, but I can still lose yeah. certain membership. There's other people that they've been, they've made so much money over a period of time that you're just in, you're in, you're never going to lose it. Yeah, right. I've yeah. not reached that point. Well, we missed, well, no. we missed a little bit of that. Can we back up a little? Because my internet crapped out. I apologize. I'm the one recording. We, we hadn't noticed, actually. We thought the conversation I, had improved greatly. God damn it. <laughs> Well, Joe, what I made the comment was it sounds a lot or it sounds similar somewhat to academic tenure in that, in theory, knock on wood, if I ever get it, you know, I have some protection. But if I fail to produce, if if I stop researching, Mm -hmm. they're able to say "Mm, that's you were you were given tenure on the promise that you would still produce eventually something else. I like I it's called. um I can't remember what it's called, but I went into it uh, around the time I was sleeping in my car because uh, I hadn't had a job since Hellraiser, maybe. And Hellraiser was after Drive Angry. Maybe it was Hellraiser. Maybe it was a couple other things that we did. But when you get when you get paid, that money goes into the insurance. That money goes into retirement and it keeps you keeps you active. But the moment you stop getting paid for stuff then your clock starts ticking and eventually you lose. Uh, what you lose in that situation is you don't get screeners, you don't get to vote, and you don't have insurance. Um, but you still get your residuals. You still, you're still you still a guild member. If somebody calls and says, hey, is Todd Farmer a guild member? They're not going to say, oh, no, he hasn't worked in forever. I mean, you're protected in that. No one's going no to say that. So like right now, when we go do the picket line, there's tons of writers out there who are not currently technically, I forget what the t- term is because um, okay. I'm, because I'm dumb, but, um, but they've <laughs> slid out of the membership area. Yeah. Whatever that's, whatever it is. Um, I should know what that is. Cause I was it once. <laughs> but, but that being said, does the guild help you find work? No. I mean, they there's certainly they they have things where they help you. They're, they'll have screeners and stuff where you can meet others and network and that sort of thing. But as far as, uh, I don't think the guild has ever helped me get work. No. Okay. All right. I was curious about that. So now, when we start talking about streaming and the problem with streaming with this, what? How do you monetize 
when I'm watching HBO and Disney Plus or Max or whatever the fuck it's called this week and Disney Plus write off their own catalog so that they don't have to pay anything because it won't be on Disney plus they're dropping movies. Right. Yeah. And they're writing it off. And, and, and I'm, right. I'm probably not using the correct terminology, but I'm thinking I'm getting pretty close to it. And there's like Willow. Willow was an example of that, right? Willow right. is no longer on Disney plus, which was announced with a ton of fanfare and people were watching it. Yeah. And now all of a sudden it's, Oh, well this is a loss. So we have to take it down and it, we can't put it anywhere else either. I'm glad you brought that up. I should actually look into it because I don't think that I don't know that that has a lot to do with residuals because streaming is not really paying residuals that much in residuals anyway. It's it's literally a percentage of pennies on the dollar. So, I mean, it's not like they're losing money in residuals. So there may be other. I know I read something recently where I know in a lot of streaming, certainly in Netflix, they would say to a director, they would say, hey, for year one. Uh, for, as you're directing the show or as you're show running the show, showrunners as well, you get, you know, you get a million. That, that's overpriced. You wouldn't get a million. But in for year two, you get three million. And for year four, you get 10 million. And so they they would cut before they ever got to year four. So they would, right. wouldn't have to pay. And that's why you saw so many net, Netflix shows suddenly just the show was doing fine. And then suddenly they ax it because it's they don't have to pay anyone to do that. They don't have because they had to scale where they had to keep paying more and more. And so they don't do that. Yeah. Glow is a perfect example of that. It is. Oh, is that what yeah. happened to Glow? That is, that, I would say that is exactly what happened to Glow. They blamed it on COVID, but I, of course it, had, it, had something to, it had something to do with the pay. I mean, COVID certainly raised the prices because, you know, it was costing to test, it was costing to mask, it was, you know, there, there were certainly costs involved. But when you look at what they're making at the end of the day, this gets I, into I would say. this gets into another really fascinating because I've often said this when people ask me and I always say, well, the, you know, the three of us are as far away from Hollywood as you can be and still know just a little bit about it. But it's never been easier to make your own movie. However, it's never been harder to make money at it. Sure. So it's something I've said the last four or five years and streaming's just made it worse. So it's yeah. never been probably easier to get material out there, but how do you make a damn living at it? And I'm curious to ask you that question now, because some of these streaming service services, yeah, I mean, every once in a while, there's probably people are getting paid in Stranger Things, but not everything mm-hmm. Stranger's Things. Some things are just no. Glow, and yeah. that's a great example. I'm glad Chad brought it up. It's like, oh, Glow's a fun show. I loved Glow. I did too. I think Mark Marin was maybe that's one of the best casting of all time, yeah. but I, it's, it's not an event. It's not game of Thrones. So how no, do you make a living? I don't know. I mean, the, the, the issue was everyone was scrambling to, to start their own streaming platform right. and they've done it. They've all, they all now have screen streaming platforms to the point that, People simply aren't going to the movies as much as they used to. And when they do go, they're not going to see, you know, the a, a buddy of mine just recently from Kentucky, a writer from Kentucky who was on Jennifer Jones, was talking about, you know, no one is is rushing to the theaters to watch the the you know, the story of the coal miner from, you know, northeastern Kentucky. Um which writer was on which that's okay. Which writer was it? Jesse Harlan, I believe was his name. Oh, okay. No, he's from Harlan. 
Harlan's up there, right? Yeah, is Harlan is south? in south. That's in southeastern Jesse, Kentucky. That's that's where I'm Jesse's from. That's Jesse I'm, Harris, maybe. Hmm, I don't I know. Well, I, have to I, I only well. call him Jerris. Jesse. But he's a he's a lovely fella. But he's from uh coal mining mountains. Uh is it Harlan? Yeah, yeah. Harlan's yeah. 30 minutes There's from Harlan. where I grew up. Okay. Yeah. So he's from Harlan. Um and he's, you know, and he mentioned that the other day, just that, you know, people aren't going to see those. They're, they're seeing, you know, and right now, because of the way things are going, it's it's secession. It's it's these big, huge shows. It's not the smaller shows. And with um, you had all of these companies, you know, starting with Netflix and, you know, branching out to everyone, to Paramount, to you name it, to Peacock. Everyone has streaming now. And yet none of them are really monetizing not just for us, but not even for themselves. They're not really monetized. And everyone was scrambling to do it, not knowing what would ever happen, if it would even work. I don't think it's going to work. I think if anything, streaming has kind of hurt the business in a way that I don't know how we come back from this. I feel, I, I because you're right. I mean, if Disney Plus is riding off a billion and a half loss, mm -hmm. and it's Disney, and it's probably as a owner of a five-year-old, <laughs> my son will be six yeah. next month it's probably the one app that's used the most in my house mm -hmm. if they can't monetize that who who can i mean you're wearing the hat i know i know well <laughs> and, and i and here's the damnedest thing i love this hat i and i do like disney but i don't golf I just happen to like this damn hat. <laughs> but it, no that, that's really interesting though because i think about that i mean I, I'll pick on Paramount and they won't care because who am I? But I think about Paramount, you know, tried to launch UPN, the United Paramount Network, which was going to, you know, and that didn't work out either. And then they went into streaming and I'm biased because I'm a Star Trek fan, but outside of Star Trek, I don't, I don't necessarily tune into UPN overly a lot. There's been a couple things, but, mm -hmm. and so it does. Yeah, the it, fact that they haven't added Homeboys in Outer Space to the streaming service still pisses me off. I'm sorry, Chad. We'll get back to you. Platypus Man isn't on there either. Do you want to talk about that? <laughs> I could. Uh, Two great sitcoms. Anyway, but but with that with that being said, it's, it's really interesting because I, I hadn't thought about it that way, but UPN didn't work, and then they rushed into, and now I was, I was at, um, well, really quick, UPN and WB became the CW. CW. Yeah. They combined. Does anybody remember this? Warner Brothers yes. and Paramount. Nope. Both. And, and now they've gotten rid of all their shows. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which, and, and I, I, it's just really interesting to me to think about that, you know, UPN keeps going back, or Paramount keeps going back to the well of these certain things, and it never seems to exactly work out for them. And, it, it's it's interesting to think about what's going to happen because I'll be honest, as soon as they get rid of all the Star Trek shows, I'll get rid of Paramount. Uh, <laughs> and and that's so how is it? It's not sustainable even for diehard fans. Mm -hmm. so, so Todd, if if you were to, I mean, I'm assuming you would probably accept a deal for a show on streaming because where else would you be doing a show? I mean, there's not a lot of other places to do shows. I mean, network, who watches network television now? I don't. I don't either. Well, and even if you watch network, I, my, I was visiting my in-laws earlier today, and then they saw me and they got torches. But uh, until they saw me, I was outside the door. But they, they even watch network TV, but they do it through YouTube. 
Like they have the YouTube. I, I forget what it's called. Chad, do you know what it's called? Where you pay for YouTube? YouTube Red. I think. Yeah. Yeah. YouTube Red. And and so they that watch like network. a porn channel, or is it just me? Mm-hmm. Well, the fact everything sounds like porn to you, Joe, is an issue. Well, if we they were... would stop drawing all the dirty <laughs> pictures. But but I, I thought that was really interesting that for the local to watch local television, they mm-hmm. pay YouTube now. That was mm-hmm. it was odd to me. I was like, yeah. I, I and it's an pricey. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's like it's like what old cable used to cost. It's about it's... sixty some bucks, right? Yeah. 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 But well, we don't have it. I don't. I, we don't have it either. We finally, yeah. I finally convinced her to cut the to ca- cut the cable about a year and a half ago, and I thought I mean, we, there were certain things I'd miss, but I truthfully haven't. We have all the we have all the regulars. We have, uh, you know, Netflix, Disney Plus, HBO Max, uh, Hulu. I know there's some deals where we we have AMC because of this or Hulu because of that or yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, iTunes or Apple TV. I mean, the kind of the big guys. Um, think we have peacock yeah and paramount plus do you keep shutter being a horror person do you have shutter um now you're a busy guy todd how many of those do you watch um for shutter i'll watch events or if i have a friend who has a show i'll watch uh, i don't watch a lot of a lot of programming um i'll i'll binge i watched I binged the final season of Secession. I binged uh, Yellowstone. Um, I still have more. For the most part, I don't. Uh, I don't have time. I don't. I don't watch. You know. So what are you doing with your days now? Um, Since well, you're literally not allowed to touch a keypad. Well, uh, I told you guys the next time I did a movie, you would get the exclusive. And so it's, I hadn't made a movie in a thousand years. Uh, the exclusive is this time next week, Saturday, six o'clock, I'll be at 30,000 feet on my way to Portugal, where uh, I might have, uh, Eda and I may have accidentally bought a wee castle. Oh, you bought a castle? Oh, maybe. Yeah. That's so, awesome. Um, so... You know, it is stressful to move and it is stressful to buy, but to buy across an ocean opens a whole door of stress that didn't even know existed. So (laughs) we might survive. I don't know. Are you going to live there permanently? Because I will never see you now. That's not true. Have you heard of aeroplanes? <laughs> yeah, Joe, but Joe, you were Joe. in you were in the fucking state. I'm giving you Joe, but I heard that, I heard that they leave and you never know when you come back again. I would say Joe still believes heavier than air travel is not possible. He's, <laughs> you, he's those saying. damn zeppelins will go the way of the beta. Uh, but there's it, a, it, makes, it makes no sense on a flat earth how planes work. <laughs> as a writer, I can write from, from anywhere. Uh Ida uh has been in television for ages she did um she did five or six seasons of amazing race and uh she did wicked tuna and ghost hunters and she did below deck during the uh pandemic and so she works from everywhere and she flies to wherever the show is so i mean we can we don't have to be in la it's crazy outrageously expensive yeah so we've got two little cottages here in manhattan beach uh both of those will rent out because we can make a freaking fortune make more than jason x made and uh, 
and then just but go I, live somewhere with free health insurance. You know, I thought about, I did, I thought about you the other I day. I was listening to a radio program and they went on a whole, uh, one of the, the, the guys on the show is a huge horror fan. And he was going on about Jason X and talking to the, the rest of the, ho- the people about it and how amazing it was. And I was, I was like, if I knew where Todd was, I wouldn't tell him to listen right now. <laughs> He's but he's so happy right head. now. Just keep rubbing that head. <laughs> but you know, I think the uh, uh, you talk about the stress of moving internationally, but all walking thing to a castle, and I've I've watched a few of these terror pictures, and it never goes mm. well. It's never oh you you have a castle now, and it's like yeah nothing happens. Well, it's it's castleish. It's got two <laughs> towers. It's a house, but it's got two castle castle looking towers. Uh, one has the what's it called the 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 forks that stick up, you know, where you oh, can yeah, shoot yeah, your yeah. bows. Yeah, and yeah. then the other the is it, other is, is it the parapet? Is it called a parapet? Is that yeah, is that... maybe sure, Joe. Well, I we know. really should be watching more Game of Thrones or Vikings. <laughs> I did watch all the Game of Thrones, but they don't look and say, "Oh, over there." They're like, "Look, tits and bush." Yeah, they don't tell you what they're called. But anyway, it's got one of those, and right it's there. um dragon tits and bush. There we go. That's what the. Uh, the fellow who it, it's it was built late. We don't know when it was built because uh, you didn't have to know these things in uh, the late seventies, early eighties. But that's when it was built. Mm-hmm. And um, there's um, uh, the guy who built the place uh, ran Portugal's um, carnivals. Now here, carnivals is like you know, guard your wallet, be careful. They they'll take you. But over there, it's more of a it's it's pre- more prestigious. It's more of a celebration. Yeah. And so he's very successful, and uh, he built this lovely little wee castle and um, has a lot of land with you know orange and orange orchards and olives and apples and it's lovely. Are you excited? And, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, you know, terrified, but yeah, excited. So uh, we were going to ship everything over there, but right now, because you know, at, com- coming in after COVID, everything shipping is outrageously pricey. So we're right. just keeping everything here. We're going to go over there, get all set up, and then we'll come back around winter because it'll be cheaper for shipping and then ship. So. Okay, well that's exciting. I'm kind of sad. Do you have you spent a lot of time in Portugal before now? No, we were there in January for six weeks, maybe. Yeah, we did love it. It's it's absolutely it's beautiful. The people are great. Um, if you go to France and you try to speak French, they're like, and you say a word wrong, they hate you forever. In Portugal, they're just pleased that you're trying, and uh-huh. uh, the roads are great. So it's like all of Europe got you know money for roads, and Portugal actually spent that money on the roads. <laughs> so they're fantastic. And so you can, you know, you go to you go to Ireland and you get, you know, outside of Dublin and you can barely drive on the roads. It's not well, like that with uh, Portugal. The last time we talked, I really we thought you might end up in Ireland. Well, we we found a place in Ireland that was lovely, and um, and we bid on it, and then another couple bid on it, and then another couple bid on it, and we got into a bidding war, and we were bested. We got our butts kicked. And so we reached a point where if we kept bidding, we wouldn't have enough to do to the property that, you know, the things we wanted to do. So we, you know, tucked our tails and licked our wounds and ran away. And decided to move to Portugal. Well, her, Ida's dad is also coming with us. And so he was like, you know what? I don't want to live in Ireland because it's cold. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's right. Yeah. All right, we'll go. 
we'll go a little bit south and uh, find somewhere warmer. So we went in January to check it out, and uh, we started in Lisbon, drove all the way up to Porto, and right in the middle is a place called Coimbra, and that's where um, uh, one of the places that sort of inspired J.K.'s Harry Potter's Hogwarts is that, and probably Edinburgh. Yeah, but uh, there's a there's a very old. I think it's the oldest college or oldest university that never closed. And uh, it's at the top of Coimbra and it sort of overlooks everything. James, you you need to get one of those, um, one of those grants so you can go over there and harass Todd. Uh, Yeah. Well, listen, I'm doing London first. I get, I got that one approved. I can only get so much. Watch this Todd. I'm so delighted that you get to go to London for free. Tell us about it again. (laughs) No, I get to go to London to work. Don't don't oh, don't act so like it's not a bad oh. place. If you got to work, it's not a bad. No, place no, to it's work. it's a delightful place to work. But it's not like it's not like I'm going to be like, oh, I get to go here. It's going to be like, oh, I get to go to the archives at Oxford, which I enjoy, but it's still yeah. work. Yeah. Um, well, uh, real quick, one thing that I I wanted to talk to you about as far as it's it's I, I'm seeing it come up a lot related to the strike, which you know, as you said, was about residuals and looking at streaming services. But it also seems AI is coming up quite a lot uh, tangentially with <laughs> the strike. And and I find that fascinating because, again, I can only approach things from the academic side, but I'm, I'm on a task force <laughs> to address how we're going to deal with this in academics. And I'll be honest, every time I use it, it can only tell me what's existed before. It's not it's not right. creative right if i say get tell me a story it's going to search a database of four yeah, billion stories it, it, and pick one and say here it is i have played around with it and it seems to me it seems to me more plagiarism than anything else yeah yeah uh be be that art or uh the written word mm-hmm. and um i did i don't i i did this thing the other day where i asked i asked uh one of the the ais to do a positive review of jason x and I, I saw that, by the way, I, was, yeah, I, we, that I, I think and, James and I both retweeted it, but it's interesting. It, it's it was it's it seemed like a 15 year old kid in high school BSing a book report yeah. like he hadn't actually watched Jason X, had no idea what it was about and was just BSing his way through. And I was like, you know what? That's not something I'm scared of now. Yeah. Saying that now, the reason that we're being so careful with it is we thought that about DVDs. Okay, we understand. You guys pay us very little. We we are trusting you. So, I mean, if we don't grab this now, eventually, I don't know that we're going to survive this this world long enough for AI to be producing movies before it decides to kill us. <laughs> but it could happen. I agree, but what? But we know what, what the thing that the most of the writers are concerned about the most, and and I, this makes sense to me, and that is that AI by plagiarizing plagiarizing all these other places will come up with an idea, you know, pulling. Which, by the way, there's lots of movies that you know, High Plains Drifter has been plagiarized over and over, many times. You know, certainly different movies have been, you know, Drive Angry we took from several different movies. I mean, that's part of what we do. AI is going to be able to do that, and when it does. Some executive is going to call me up or call somebody even more famous than me and say, hey, why don't you come in and take this idea and flesh it out? But we're only going to pay you pennies on the dollar because the idea has already, you know, it's already been come up with. And so that's the that's the biggest concern. That's the big now out of real quick, James, I'm 
I don't mean to interrupt, but what is the biggest concern? Is it AI? Is it streaming? What is the WGA or all? And I know I'm asking you to speak for thousands of riders. No, and well, and what, I can I can speak for, for I can speak for every single one of them. There is no biggest concern. Each one of us are coming at this from a different place. Certainly, this time more than 2007, 2008, because with with TV writers, the writers' room has basically been just completely raped. So it's not, yeah. it's not what it used to be. They're bringing, they're bringing, you know, writers in for three, four weeks, not even that long and paying them next to nothing, forcing them to write everything and then sending them home. And, you know, and, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. So certainly in TV, I used to think that feature writers had it worse than TV writers. I mean, I don't know if that was the case or not, but certainly now. TV writers are, are not having a good, a good go with it. Now, certainly the guys at the top, you know, the Quentin Tarantino's in the feature world and the, the Dave D. Kelly's, you know, those guys are doing okay. Or Chuck Lorre or somebody like that. Chuck Lorre's doing fine. He's doing um, fine. But some of the, yeah. but that that's a great question because and you bring up an excellent point because I would have thought the same thing because feature writers, back to what you were saying, you may have a two or three year drought. Yeah. Trying to get a movie done and trying to yeah. get if you get a T. Yeah. My if, friends who had TV shows, I mean, I watched them become extremely successful, bigger houses, bigger cars, because they're constantly getting paid where, you know, I would write something for 120 grand and then I wouldn't write anything for two years. And so, you know, in 60 that grand, money goes away in 60 grand a year in L.A. 60 grand a year in L.A. doesn't go very far. It's nothing, right? I mean, yeah. it's just, not, I mean, you're barely making a living. Yeah. As cool as a living as it is. I mean, I guess it's much better than digging a ditch. Yeah. And my first residual check, and I was trying to think the other day, I, I, part of me wants to say it was 80 grand. Part of me wants to say it was 120 grand. I can't remember. I have to go back and look. But my first residual check, and I didn't remember what they were. Dean Reisner had shown me a residual check back in. Uh, 2000 no it wouldn't 2000 probably 1998 yeah um and then when i got my first residual check it was probably 2002 and i didn't remember what it was so i just got this envelope which we all talk about green envelopes because it comes in a pretty good size envelope you open it up there's just money that you didn't know was coming it was either 80 120 or something something around there but that's that's a big chunk of money i got paid i mean i got paid weekly or bi-weekly to work for cunningham yeah. But, um, you know, there was, and that money built up is what I got paid for Jason X, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's a weird, a weird, uh, a weird deal. But, um, I think it, it equaled out to around 50 grand. And, um, so, you know, to get a residual check from 80 to hundred grand is, is a huge chunk of money. Since then, I've never gotten a check that big on any of the first times. And the first time, you know, the first time is when you get your biggest check. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, none of them have been anywhere near that big. Yeah. Because they but, just get smaller and smaller. Right. And I think uh, re real quick, for people that have never messed around with the AI programs, uh, I have some colleagues that point this out to me and it, it burned into my memory because every time I mess with it now, I'm like, oh, they're right. You mentioned the art ones, the ones that generate yeah. art for you. Um, that pointed out they are terrifically biased in that they can only again it's it's a computer program more or less it pulls yeah. only from the database it has and so if you put in i'll use something i've done before you know professor it's going to be an old white guy 
because it's going to search <laughs> art databases and it's going to be an old that's white true. man because it's going with that's the most common representation in you know the history of art and yeah. so I, I think that's one of the things that a lot of people may not realize because i occasionally see people going well why can't you know the artist or the writer just be okay with ai or work with ai and i'm like well because those people tend to be creative and ai is just pulling from mm -hmm. there's, there's actually a couple of them you can ask what they're pulling from it's, and uh, one of them even says nothing before 2017 Mm -hmm. Or nothing, nothing after 2017. Sorry, nothing after 2017, because it was when it was launched. It was given that definition that mm -hmm. it could only pull before that. So if you ask it current events, it'll tell you what was going on in 2017. So well, uh, that's interesting. That's, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's uh, I, the reason that came up was there is a um, there is a sub political group uh, that we're asking it if you know states could bar transgender identities or stuff mm -hmm. and it's funny because ai goes no under these laws the state of florida cannot do this mm -hmm. the, right and and it but things obviously and they, they were using that to show here's a weakness of ai that it can only function within its defined but i agree well, i think uh, i think it's much more likely it'll eventually redefine itself and then we won't have to worry about the movies because it's going to be like you know what i don't need these people did you guys see the article where the lawyer um lawyer use chat gpt faces penalty for made up citations no Did you guys see that yeah it was in the new york times article which i don't pay for so i couldn't look at it but uh <laughs> but uh lucier was telling me about it but essentially this guy used uh ai to create a response to, some, to something that he used in court and all of the court cases that it that it was referencing yeah. were all made up yeah, it just made no, them up. It, it's the same way if you use it for, because that's why we have, I'm on this quote unquote task force. It sounds more impressive, task force. I was like, it's a committee, but okay. But, and it was the same way. If you tell it, like, you can say, I, my professor's a stickler for APA citation, and it will make APA citation. Yeah. Now, those articles don't exist, but boy, no. if, if you don't look for them, they yeah. sound really official. Yeah. I, um, I don't I don't think it's a problem right now, but I think it, it will be. And, you know, I think it I, I think it. I say I don't think it's a problem. I don't think it's it's something that I'm, I don't feel threatened by AI at this point. But I do not like the idea that it can take. You know, I'm I, I'm surrounded by artists back here who have drawn things and it can take and an that artist's pads. work. Yeah, I don't like that at all. Robert Pattinson. Why 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 do you have our pets in the back there, Robert? The Twilight. Is that a pillow? It is a pillow. Yeah. It's to uh I it's to piss off horror fans. <laughs> it doesn't piss me off at all. I just I just was curious if there was a specific you, you reason. Can, you can sleep with a sparkly vampire if you want to. <laughs> doesn't matter uh, at all. Yeah, you stay right there. But yeah, it's um uh, I don't like the idea that it can take uh, your talent and just spoof it. We yeah. still can't do fingers. No, no. Well, and that was the entire thing, though. But you, like you said, you can put in, I'm a big fan of, of the comic art of Alex Ross, and I can put in, mm -hmm. you know, draw Jason X in the style of mm -hmm. Alex Ross, and it yeah. will spit out something that is Absolutely. vaguely Alex Ross-like. Yeah. I, I played around with it. I said to write something like Stephen King, 
and it couldn't. It yeah. could reference. It it could basically pretend that it was a fifteen year old, you know, who didn't read the book report. Yeah. So now I, I think have, that will change. I'm not trying to change the subject, but I I do want to get through the WGA and a couple of these things just so because if not for me, but for people also listening, but the the DGA may do it. SAG voted ninety some percent to support you guys. Can you, mm-hmm. are you also a member of, of the Screen Actors Guild as well, Todd? Yeah. Okay. So that if for folks who don't know, but I've, you've been on the show, I mean, before, I mean, you are in most of your movies or you're in three of them. Hold on, Ryan. You're in Jason 10, Drive Angry and uh, holy shit. Valentine. Why did my bloody Valentine, Valentine completely Valentine. leave my head for a split second? I am so sorry about that, buddy. Anyway, I think I've been in most everything, right? Most yeah. things. Yeah. And then uh, a bunch of my uh, buddies would, you know, say, hey, I'm filming this. You know, would you come in and play a small part? So I've done a couple of those things. But, um, yeah, I mean, certainly the we were just the Writers Guild. The vote was just under 98 percent of those who voted. Mm-hmm. And uh, for the same thing for the now with the writers, you know, there's only a certain number of people who voted, like I think maybe 10,000. I can't remember exactly. Yeah. And for the SAG, I think it was 60, 70,000. Uh, but it was both in both cases, those who voted were was like roughly 98%. Right. Uh, for the DGA, it's kind to me, it's kind of embarrassing that they, that the DGA committee came to their agreement so quickly when they could have just waited a few more days for SAG to vote and see how that turned out I think they would have gotten could have gotten a better deal I know a lot of directors that I know personally are are not happy about the deal that they got and uh, and feel that they should have look we say this every time it happens we've been saying it more and more this year which is with IATSE was unhappy uh, Teamsters are unhappy we're unhappy there's so many of us who are unhappy with the way things are going. If we all just joined forces, it wouldn't just threaten to shut down Hollywood. It would shut down Hollywood. And then we could get, we're not asking for, you know, you know, millions of dollars each. We're, we're asking for just a fair shake. We're asking for, you know, if you're going to go and you're going to try all these streaming platforms, then make sure there's a little bit of money back in the background for the rest of us so we can survive long enough to get to our next gig. Because we're not getting paid every week or every month. And, and that's the damnedest thing. And that's the thing that's hard for us to explain to people who don't understand the business, especially for people like, well, the three. I mean, we all three have had side gigs and I probably do a lot of side gigs. But if I always tell, it's like, why don't you go do the convention circuit, you know, with the moderating and interviewing? I go, because I'd starve to death. Yeah. I have a, a kid. I'm the same age. You know, I'm the same way. I can't go do the conventions. But wait, Todd, you've written all these movies. You were in some of the movies. Yeah, but I'm not Michael or Jason. So I stand next to Tyler and I stand next to Derek and they have lines around the corner. And they and they would both say, hey, go get Todd, you know, signature. He's right there. He wrote Jason X. He wrote Bloody Valentine. And people are like, no, I, I had a guy come up with a mask, a hockey mask. And he was like, would you sign this? And I was like, and I looked and it's got Kane Hodder on it. It's got Derek Mears on it. And I'm like, you know, I, I didn't play Jason. I, I wrote Jason X and he took it away. 
Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, and it's but, and it's true. And we so, but yeah, and, and nobody's signing from paying for sign for me anyway. But I'm just talking about the little money that I make just getting paid by the promoters yeah. that do these things to show up. Yeah. Like, I'd starve it. Don't get me wrong, best side gig on earth, yeah. right? Give has given me access, has given the three of us access to, to, to the stuff that we've loved oh, absolutely. all our lives. Fantastic, met some fantastic people, but we, I can't. I cannot yeah. monetize it into a living yeah. wage. Well, yeah. and, and, and I, I don't know how most of you all monetize writing into a living wage. Most uh, of you. Well, uh, uh, say, and, and most I think, don't. It's, I was going to say, uh, there, there's very few, I mean, to, outside of even film, right? There's Stephen King, mm -hmm. and then there's 400 other people that go mm -hmm. to work eight to five and then write in the evening and yeah. get stuff out there. But I, I think you actually, uh, retweeted it as well. Norman Lear even came out and said, you know, when he started, the writer meant something and the writer was yeah. respected. And yeah. and he said, and now, and I was reading that um, and I, I thought, you know, that's really interesting because it, 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 you know, there's a, and it's not even all directors by any means, but, you know, John Carpenter makes a movie and, and you know, it, he negotiated early on, but it's John Carpenter's mm -hmm. whatever. Yeah. I don't know outside of Stephen King and maybe maybe a couple others. Very few. It's blah blah blahs. You know, the writer is not the mm -hmm. name mentioned. No. And and if it's Stephen King, usually whoever the screenwriter was that adapted Stephen King is not mentioned. It's He's not mentioned. Stephen King. And so yeah. I, I I always think that's that's fascinating that you know that the writer builds the world so to speak and gets very little credit. It's certainly like that here. It's certainly like that in Hollywood. It's not like that, you know, it's not like that if you're a Beatle. It's not like that if you're, you know, if you're, in, you know, in other countries, it's not like that. Mm -hmm. um, but it's certainly like that here. I don't, I don't know why, I don't know why it needs to be that way. I mean, there's some fantastic writers in, you know, both feature and TV. And, um, and if you can break into that, if you can break through, then, you know, it's great. But for most, they don't break through. I mean, I've been doing this since 96 and I've had, you know, peaks and valleys and just like everybody else, but I never got rich. Uh, I've been luckier than most. Like I've been paid to, to do, write a lot of stuff that never got made. And yeah. a lot of guys don't, don't even most, get that far. Most screenwriters would say that, correct? There's probably yeah, screenwriters that you know who may only have one or two features who have made a living for 20 or 30 years. Yeah, certainly if you started when I started, I think that's possible. I don't think it's possible if you're if you started in the last 10 years, I think it's much more. Even the guys that I'm talking to on the picket line, uh-huh. Like I know guys who were on one TV show or wrote one feature and they've done nothing. They've gone into they've gone back to what they were doing before to make money. It's, it was certainly, there was a, t I started back when a writer could go into a room and argue. Like I could, like I remember a writer and I won't, I won't name him because he, I think this hurt his career. Not that I think he did it right, but he was saying, go in and argue. He's like, Todd, you're a big guy. Go in there and get in their faces. It's your name. That's going to be on the movie. Yeah. So just scream at them, just terrify them. And he was a big guy too. And so, you know, he, and he wrote some huge movies and, um, can't believe you're not but, going to give us the name, but all right. <laughs> yeah, Damn I, it. I feel, 
I feel I would feel bad doing that because he hasn't he hasn't really been working and I don't I don't want to. Uh, but um, but he um, but I know that the industry changed and it was probably around 2000. It was mid 2000s to late 2000s where newer writers were coming in. They were working for less money and they were they wanted to get in and they wanted to 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 be team players and and they were it was a different generation and they were coming in and they weren't arguing and they weren't fighting and 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 uh executives would come up with these stupid ass ideas and they would do them now they would do them in the best possible way but they would do them and uh and i i have even said you know our job now is no longer to tell the best story possible it's to take really dumb notes and make them okay yeah, and I if think, you can do that and you can do it successfully, you're going to make a lot of money or you'll make good money or you're at least stay, you know, paying your bills. But when that happened, when when these new writers came in and started playing ball and being easier to work with, these older guys like my friend who said fight, they just got phased out. And he hasn't really done anything in years. You'll see a little movie here and there, but nothing. And this is a guy that was getting paid millions per screenplay. Now, he's fine. He's not hurting. He saved his money and he invested and he did things. He's fine. But, you know, the business changed. Yeah. Well, I think a good I, example of that is uh, if you, again, not a struggling person, but if you ever listen to Kevin Smith tell the story of working with John Peters on the failed Superman yeah. script, that's a prime example of yeah. just, just work, just listening to the producer, taking notes that make no sense and adding them into a yeah. script. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, I've been, I've been on the, in, on those calls. I've been, and and I have, I mean, I've gone through the phases where I used to fight and I don't fight as much anymore. Now I, I will sometimes, or I'll try to. Dean Reisner used to say, and this this guy, is, you know, he's from Dirty Harry times. So he would say, you know, but he was more, he didn't care as much. He was like, fight, you know, argue three times. And if you haven't convinced him after three times, just, you know. Right. But that was just his attitude, his attitude. My attitude was, I don't want to just, you know, I want to fight for what I think is an artistic choice. What I, what I think is a good story choice or a good character choice. So but, why, why, so do you think at the end of the day, it was just more about, it's a blue collar, do his job, get paid. You know, that's what it is. Better? But with Dean. Yeah. I yeah. think that's what it was with Dean. I think uh, different gener once again, talking about a different generation. Yeah. I think it was different generation. I'm uh, certainly. Uh, but I mean, if you go back and look at his movies, I mean, you know, Eastwood raped the girl. I mean, he, there was a different mentality. It was a different, mm -hmm. you know, you watch that, you go back and watch that today. And I'm like, Oh geez, that's not comfortable at all. And um, you know, and drive angry was based on, you know, is materializing on on the horizon and showing up and so it's uh it's just a different certainly a different mentality i'm not saying that uh no you know. i i i completely understand and it's a different yeah. time as well i mean we don't even have to go back to the 70s of high plains drifter are we? i mean you can go back 20 years i mean revenge yeah. of the nerds has a rape scene at the end of it <laughs> and every, it's where she where he goes down on the girl and she doesn't know it's him and she thinks it's her boyfriend Oh, that's right. Yeah, I guess that. Yeah, yeah. It is. It is. And yeah. we all just thought it was funny. But yeah, we all just thought it was funny. Yeah. I, I think, and I'm not picking on Revenge of the Nerds right now. Mm -hmm. It's just one of those things that it's been. We just yeah. all thought it was funny, and it's not. So, here we are. Yeah. But I, it, it, this conversation and and 
cue Joe and Chad rolling their eyes, but it it makes. I read something recently. They didn't update on the biography of Harlan Olson, who did write scripts and stuff like that, and was a complicated figure in his own right. But one of the the, the new edition of the biography they did of him. Uh, the best part about wearing a hat, James, you can't see me roll my eyes. I know. See? Thanks, see Chad. That <laughs> Thanks, Chad, for being a team player. You're but it, it ends with somebody making a comment that the update, somebody made the comment, and I'm not going to be able to quote it directly, but it said, you know, he lived a life where for the first 60-some-odd years of his life, he could ride his way out of any problem. There's yeah. an extra bill coming in. I'll sell a story. I'll sell a script. I'll do. I'll take a gig. I'll do something. and then that changed and and they alluded to about what you're talking about right he he had mm-hmm. this he sued james cameron he did these things and then all of a sudden well yeah he's talented but he's problematic yeah he, he's not gonna he's he's gonna say what hire somebody else yeah and and I, I i never made that connection the same way till you said that and i'm like well if you line up the time periods he was yeah. part of that old guard i guess yeah i mean when i first it's just a different, my grandfather, my granddad was just a beautiful man. Just everything about him. I just absolutely adored him. He was a medic in, uh, at Normandy. Mm-hmm. And he used to say, you know, the one, the one uh, instrument that he used the most was a saw. And I, I, I could never get him to, and I regret this. I could never get him to tell me those stories. I wish I had tried harder. But he's just a lovely, lovely guy. And when I first moved out here, I uh, lived, I slept in a hammock for a couple of months and then got an apartment with a friend of mine. And I came home one day and the friend was like, I need you to hear this. And he goes over and he clicks play on the the answer machine because it was a box. Yes. It was this thing that yes. was plugged into the wall and he clicked play. We're old enough to remember. Hey, little buddy, because he always started with, hey, little buddy, and he's talking. And in the middle of this conversation, he says, I hope you're not hanging out with the N-words. I never heard him say that word in all of my growing up. Never heard it, not once. And uh, my my roommate was like, I got to tell you, this offends me. <laughs> it's like, I understand. I, I, I'm sorry. I, I don't know. I don't know what to say. Uh, I am from an all white county. So I guess it's, it's understandable that he would say something like that, but I've never heard him talk like that. I've never heard that ever. He was saying it as a joke. Yeah. It did not play well. And so, but it was a different mentality. And by the way, I grew up saying that word, right? We said it all the time. We didn't say jury rig or jerry rig we nope. said the other kind we and yeah. and that was just it was just a thing that we said all the time and the thing that this whole thing the whole discussion i never heard of the term woke until until somebody mentioned it on fox news i didn't even know what it was but if woke is understanding that using the n-word is wrong and deciding oh you know what i probably shouldn't do that because it offends people what's wrong with that why is that a bad thing? That's just because people are afraid of fuck is change. They're just afraid of change. They just don't want to change. They don't want to take any. That's just because people are just narcissistic assholes. Some of them. I mean, I'm pretty narcissistic. Yeah, but <laughs> so, well, you're not. And that I can be an ass. Yeah, but you. Well, first of all, I'd say you're a lovely person because you'll take a text message from some hilljack and then do the show two weeks later. And I appreciate that it. is true. I will do those things. And I do appreciate that. And of course, we're always nice and we'll 
put a high gleam on your ass being polished before the time's out. That's but that true. being said, I mean, don't you think they're just narcissistic and don't want to change and want to be able to say and do whatever they want, whatever hate they've got that they've inherited through generations of wherever their families are, because they don't just learn it. They don't just learn it genetically. It's taught to them. I wonder if it's if I think, yes, I think part of I think part of it is that and I think the other part of it is Amway. Because I was in Amway for a while and I remember, you know, after a while, I believed everything they were saying. Yeah. And and I think when you're watching Fox News every night, I think when you're watching, you know, when you're watching people say these things, say that, you know, this woke this, this woke that it 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 gets to you after a while. And um I don't get my news from one place. I get my news from the BBC. I get my news from all over the place. Well, yeah, uh, I don't go to just one place to be told what to think. And so you don't to, know. to really educate yourself, it takes effort. And a I lot of people so. and a lot of people don't. And I'll give them a break. If you work in two jobs and you got kids and you already have the belief system, we resist change at every corner and yeah. trying to change your belief system on top of having kids two jobs and working an extra six hours or maybe two hours a week to find out what the truth is instead of just going to one source. Hmm. Don't you think? I mean, yeah. I mean, certainly when Especially I came out when that here, source is very flashy. I mean, when I can tell you what here, you want to hear and tells you I had and supports the belief system that you already have. True. But when I came out here, I had voted. I had just voted for Bush right. the second time. We've talked about and uh, and so it was not uh, it was not uh, necessarily what people out here tend to do. But uh, I don't know. I just I felt fib to was yeah, the main because thing because we've been lied to for ages and ages well, and ages and unfortunately from both sides probably well but definitely from both sides yeah well real quick i want to get back to uh i i have one last question about the wga and then i'm probably going to let yep. it go and we'll talk about whatever you'd like to but or whatever the, the other guys want to talk about but the w why is the wga always the first one to strike good question i don't know um I know that because writers are nuttier than the shithouse rat. No, I'm joking. I think it's easy. I think it's certainly easier to villainize the writers, but I don't. I mean, the it's not, you know, SAG is certainly more prestigious. So is the DGA. The writers are, are in that world. The writers are sort of at the bottom of that list uh, only because the, the powers that be have put us in that position. And who is the um, first person fired on the movie? Always the writer. It's always, but the writer is the first one to, you know, on the movie for the most part, except for the executives. But yeah. um, I know that when I go to, uh, when I go to conventions, when I do things, I am, it's, you know, my ass or my acting, which gets a lot more praise and recognition than my writing ability. It's always been that way. And my, you know, and I'm, I'm in bit parts in my movies. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm nothing. But uh, but you put yourself in a couple of pretty good scenes. I do. I mean, I'm not dumb. I don't know. I don't know how much of that was you or Patrick, but I'm telling you, you worked well, it that out. That scene, that bloody Valentine scene, you. that bloody Valentine scene, that was all Patrick. Uh, Drive angry was both of us, but certainly that first scene was was all, all Patrick. 
Yeah, I'm curious. I and I have we haven't. Uh, I, and by the way, I, I I haven't talked to Patrick since we interviewed him, and he just did a fantastic job. And we ended up talking so long, and he and we've talked about this before. Patrick remembers everything. Oh no, he's he's yeah, he's not burnt the he's not killed the brain cells that uh, the three of us are probably one of the ep- the the episode he did actually has been used a couple of times by other sources just because he did such a and we didn't even mean to go there, but he did such a detailed of this is how Wes Craven's cursed happened. And there's yeah. no director's cut. You guys need yeah. to stop. <laughs> it's because it just it just kept there's no yeah. definitive cut of he, it. He is he is so far superior in intellect than i will ever be it's uh it's kind of stunning and uh, i i'm i'm so have you talked to him about the dga deal and your other friends you were talking about they weren't extremely happy about a couple of those things can you give and not that patrick said this but just is it just looking for a better deal and why don't the unions communicate more and all come together like you said the unions do it's it's the uh, the producers and the studios choose uh, to go with us first. They could negotiate with all of us at the same time. They choose not to. And so they stopped negotiating with us and they've started negotiating with the DGA. They've offered the DGA something that, that for whatever reason, you know, and I'm sure what it, I mean, they, they saw this as a, as beneficial to them to say yes. And so now it will go to a vote. Um we'll see if the we'll see what happens if uh, if the if the membership of the dga agrees to it or if they come back and say no we don't want to do this also um, it's probably easier to have the writers strike because whatever is there is there and like you said the first person on the project is the writer and if it's yeah. written and you're shooting it you don't have to stop it at that moment if it's a feature especially i mean shows yeah. late night i get that that's a little tough that's every night but yeah. it's probably a little easy to keep a little easier to keep doing content i think so yeah and the pick certainly, back up once the certainly the strike it seems over. like everyone it seems like uh i don't know about network but certainly streaming and feature was more prepared this year uh they knew this was coming they had an arsenal in the background one thing i didn't like and i don't know if we've talked about this before in 2007 2008 um uh three of the companies i was working with at the time cut deals with the writers guild so Lionsgate, because I was doing Bloody Valentine, Lionsgate went in and said, we agree with whatever you guys come up with, we agree, so mm-hmm. that I could be allowed to keep writing. So during the strike, I was writing, but I was doing so officially. And so, you know, I wasn't scabbing. I was, they had cut a deal with the guild to allow me to write. Mm-hmm. Not that I'm special. It's just they didn't want to shut production down. Correct. Same thing happened with Ghost House. Sam Raimi did the same thing a direct to dvd movie this wasn't a big feature this was just a little movie but they cut a deal brought me back in paid me to keep going and then uh and then there was i can't remember what it was or something else so i had three movies going at the same time that's doesn't really happen and it's i haven't heard anybody doing it right now so how do we and this is a tough question how do you how do we monetize this? How do we monetize streaming to where you can make a living long-term or is it done? 
I don't know. I because I don't know how I don't know. I think for starters, they have to make those numbers um visible. Uh which they I try know, to never do. Yeah. I know that in uh I know with Netflix, they have all the information. They know how old you are. They know how long you watch the show. They know which TV you watched it on. Mm -hmm. uh, did you watch it in your master bedroom? Did you watch it in your kid's room? Did they know where you're watching? They know what you're watching. They know how long you watched. They have all of that information, which they then plug into an accounting program that says, you know what? This kind of movie doesn't play as well as this kind of movie. Oh, you know what? The Ryan Reynolds movie plays much better than the rock movie or you know, mm -hmm. so yeah, I get it. Made those up. And uh and so they choose what they do. And now the problem, and this is not anything against The Rock or Ryan, but those guys are making a fortune for their Netflix. They have this huge deal, their huge Netflix deal. And it's money up front. It's money up front. They're getting they're getting their thing. Yet the crew is not getting a ton of money. There's certainly no residuals being paid out. So they're front loading it to the actor. And that's the reason people are watching anyway. When I'm looking at a trailer, it's like, oh, it's Ryan Reynolds. I'm going to watch that. So I, I get that at the same time, but it's it's a difficult process when, you know, the, the actor is making a ton of money and yet, you know, the crew and so forth are not making as much money. And that's not just with the Ryan Reynolds. It's certainly like I'm huge in, in you know, I'm a huge fan of horror, but I see it happening in the horror world as well. I see a producer come in and that producer is making all of the money. And because uh, normally it's not the actor making a lot of money in, in the horror world. Right, it's right. not the actor. It's not the writer. It's not certainly not the crew. They're making beans. Producers, you know, brings everybody in for pennies on the dollar. And then that producer turns around and makes a fortune. Are you talking and about so, maybe a guy named Bloomhouse? I mean, certainly, certainly he's one that of would, them. That would be the, the... Was, oh, okay. He's not well, the one I was I was referring to. There are there are tons of horror producers who are not who are making more money than their crew, sub substantially more. Now, granted, most movies your crew isn't making a ton of money, but right. but we're talking about you know at least like right now for a writer when you get a job suddenly your bills are paid. But when you're a crew member on some of those movies, your bills still aren't paid. You're working every day, 12 hours a day. Yeah, that's not I think that's kind of wrong. But that's just me. I'm a dick. No, I know. And no, and I completely agree with you. And, and back to our friend, Mick Strawn, he was like, I don't know a grip who doesn't know how to, to install a toilet to make ends meet. Yeah. On the side, you know, he wasn't talking yeah. about working on the set, but and especially yeah. when things are shut down even more. Yeah back to those side hustles and side gigs james you had a question i, well, mute, I muted myself that would be a bad what's really interesting to me is netflix i don't I, I i don't have the numbers but netflix is x amount of dollars a month but the variation of what it costs i think we we have apple tv i think we watch three shows on it if that including my children but mm -hmm. i think the reason we've kept it is we've somehow managed to lock ourselves in at four ninety five a month. Mm -hmm. There's no way anybody's making money off of that. Like I can't no. believe Apple's infrastructure is running off of my four ninety five a month. No, they, and they so, are. And so I I, I my, my knee jerk I, reaction. Oh, go ahead. 
Well, I just think I think Apple and Amazon are different in that they have outside monetary money coming in. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but I could be wrong. I'm just you know they're not telling me. I don't get their accounting. It, well, and that's what I'm. I mean, it's a solution to this, and I'll I'm throwing out. A, I'm sure what would be a very lowball answer is instead of it being four ninety five a month, it goes up to five fifty. And they just tell me, you know, we're going to pay, start paying riders. I think I wouldn't be too upset about that. I would hope I wouldn't be, you know. Well, what we would say is as long as it doesn't go to that son of a bitch farmer. <laughs> uh, is, is he still working? I hope, <laughs> but, but I actually had another question. He didn't buy me KFC when he comes back through Kentucky. <laughs> Uh, I had another question about streaming because I, I don't know if this has gotten major attention, but there are some people up in arms about it. And and it actually ties into something else you said that now people are claiming this is caused by wokeness, the the French connection issue where no, Disney, uh, well, here, I'll just uh, do a quick uh, blurb about it and I won't read all of this, but Disney bought Fox connection. Uh, the, the Criterion uh, channel another streaming service wanted to show the French connection because well, it's criterion worthy and Disney sold them to it. However, um, all we know is that a 52 second piece of the film has been removed due to the words Gene Hackman's character of Popeye Doyle speaks within it. It's basically the 52 seconds where he uses racial slurs in the bar, mm-hmm. the bar scene when he goes in, is, am I, it's not I, there I, anymore. It's not yeah. it, if if Disney's streaming it, Criterion's streaming it, and they're allegedly going to release another DVD edition of it. But people are concerned: is that not going to be there? And the argument some people are making is they don't want to release it in a way that says all cops are racist because of certain things that have happened mm-hmm. that have complicated that dialogue. But a lot of people are also saying that's a key. I mean, it is relevant to that film. Mm-hmm. to cut it and, and if streaming fine. services can just come in and say you know what we're going to cut that 52 seconds or we're going to cut that minute or we're going to we live in an age where they d- can digitize thing and okay well we don't want you know hypothetically jason x we don't want that kill you know that person to be killed that way we can now digitally change that mm-hmm. that to me seems to fundamentally change what was there I mean, I, and I'm not obviously a big fan of racial slurs, but I also get really leery of censorship. Yeah, I'm the same way. I, I don't like racial slurs at all, but, at, but I mean, I don't know that we should rewrite the past. I'm not saying, you know, I like that there is a Confederate flag out there because it lets me know what I need to know about someone who's flying it. I'm not saying ban them. I mean, it, they they certainly Confederate flags were a part of our history. But, you know, if you're flying one, I'm probably going to judge you. And, and it's the same way with movies. And, and at the end of the day, we should have some free speech, even when that speech yeah. is detested. We don't agree with. We don't yeah. agree with. We still I, have I totally to have agree. an exchange of ideas. And we still have to have those things here, even when we think, oh, my God, it's like that that. Baptist Church that protests the gays and Westboro Westboro Baptist Church, mm-hmm. they're awful human beings. Doesn't mean that that they don't get to do some of this stuff. Yeah, I I, I agree. I, I certainly know good with the bad. Yeah, I mean certainly the right and the left can go a little too too militant on on both both sides in that issue. They don't want to hear the other side say anything. 
Um, you know, I went to Eda and I, we went to, as you know, we were in Kentucky and on the way back from Columbus and I'd been weighing this for a while. My father and I do not get along. Mm-hmm. And, uh, somebody asked me recently, you know, you know, Trump lost. Why are you still mad at your dad? And I go, I'm not mad at my dad because of Trump. Ask my mom. My yeah, mom's been you, dead for you, a long time. And you tweeted something the other day that, uh, my heart went out to you a little bit. Yeah. Your mom and called. so. But, so but I didn't a, a mean to get, of, I'm sorry, that was, it was out of place, but my heart. No, it wasn't. I mean, that, but that's the thing. I mean, I, Ida's never met him. And so I thought, well, let's swing by and see him. Of course we, we pull up. I mean, dad was in jail when, when Izzy was born for mm-hmm. his third DUI. And I get it. His, his wife had passed away and he was drinking a lot because he was upset and he was, you know, wasn't fessing up that he was drinking. And so, you know, the breathalyzer was wrong each time he blew in it. And, you know, you know, that happens apparently, according to him. And, uh, <laughs> but after the third time, you know, he went to jail and, um, but anyway, I, I, um, he, uh, when he got out, a uh, cousin gave him some land, maybe an acre or so. And he built a 20 by 40 on it. He had downsized before it was cool. And so we pulled up and, you know, the Trump flag in the yard is bigger than the house. And, uh, you know, I didn't bring it up. We didn't talk about it. You know, the first hour, first hour and a half was lovely. You know, he's all weepy. Hadn't seen me in a long time. Had never met her. We went to four little pigs, had some barbecue (laughs) and, uh, it was lovely. And, uh, then, you know, he sort of did the thing he always did, does, you know, gets a, a little opinionated about everything. We didn't say anything, but it's just uh and i don't even remember what my point was now but it's 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 hard to be around it's hard to be around that because i feel like he says well i don't watch fox news no but you you associate with people who do and you're 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 saying things that just simply aren't true and i don't know how to have a conversation with you and um so i don't know it's just it's it's tough it's it's, go ahead go ahead well, I was just about to say it is tough. And back to James's point as well, is that no matter even how hard it is with family members, and we know that they may be inaccurate, either on both sides, like I said, because they don't have the whole information and they get all their information from one little piece. It's a little, it's something that we've dealt with on the shows before. And I don't expect you to listen to our entire catalog where we talk about physical media. Then one mm-hmm. of the problems with streaming, and we did a whole episode on this, as, and James has a great quote of, they can't take it away from me. It's over there on the shelf. Yeah. But when yeah. I pay for it monthly, Disney yeah. is going to not put, and I'm not saying pro or against Song of the South, but it just doesn't appear. And I know <laughs> James will tell you, where does it appear at, James? You can buy it readily. Where? England. England. Yeah. It's in Europe. <laughs> Yeah. It's also free yeah. on YouTube. That's how I watched it. Right. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Yeah. And there's other movies that they have edited and that they have cut. Mm-hmm. And when you own it and buy it, most likely some of that money, especially back to VHS, I didn't know you guys got screwed that bad about DVD. Some of the money goes back to actual artists. That's true. Help create that, which leads me to. And we've had you on here. I told you I wouldn't keep you the whole two hours, but 
leads me to how do we get asses back in the seats of theaters? And I'll tell you, no one loves movies more than the three guys talking to you. Well, I shouldn't say that, but we do. And it's tough for yeah. me to get my ass to a theater with a kid and yeah. a job, and they all have the same problem that I do. And it knowing knowing in six weeks that I didn't have to go see Renfield. I watched it last night when it premiered on Peacock or came out on Peacock yeah. this week. Yeah. And I'll do a review Look, for it for Scarefest. I, I love I love Nick and I still haven't seen it. And I, I, I saw the trailer and I was like, oh, okay, I'll go see that. I just I was busy. I haven't seen it. It's killed. What 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 has died? What has died? I mean well, it, it's convenience. It is so convenient for me for me to sit down with my family and watch it on the 65 inch TV. It's 70. I just bought a new one down here in January. It's 75 inches. It I, I, <laughs> I and his James's wife made a joke and I was like, no, I'm totally compensating. <laughs> but you know, it's but I yeah. think the other part about that is is that in the last few weeks. I have been to the movies more than I've been in the last year. And it's because of my son. Mm -hmm. It's because, of, and, and it's because, because of what? Say that again. My son, my oh, son yeah. has, it's, it started with, um, I, I don't know. These, these films are pretty obscure. They're very Shakespearean. They're, it's a franchise called fast and furious. I don't know if anybody's heard of it, uh, but my, my son saw the trailer for fast X. And this is the same kid I saw monster. And then truck. a porn. The, well, I only think the all those dirty pictures. Sorry, that's the, one in, that's the one in space. I wanted to bring <laughs> yeah. it all the way back, all the oh, way back. But you know, it's it's and and we the local theater because Tuesday I guess is the day with the lowest ticket sales. If it's you go on Tuesday, yeah. it's cheap. It's just cheaper. Yeah. And so I just made the deal with him. If you see a trailer and it's a movie you want to see and it's something I don't feel bad about you seeing. We'll go on Tuesday. I, I teach in the evenings, mm -hmm. so I have during the day free. And 10 o'clock on a random Tuesday, there may be four other people in that theater. Yeah. 10 o'clock in the morning. But we've, I've seen, I've not seen a lot of epics, but I've seen, but I think, of course, the movie he's, movies he's drawn to is what has the biggest explosion, what has the biggest, mm -hmm. but I, I think that's, and he wants to see it in the theater because it's that experience for him. It's yeah. that, you know, the, the explosion is right there. He wants, we're yeah. in third or fourth row and it's right there. And I, I think that what I, uh, what I feel I've lost is, um, oh, Ian McKellen in uh, Home, Sherlock Holmes film that Ian McKellen did. I'm mm -hmm. not seeing that in theaters anymore. As a matter of fact, I haven't seen a movie like that come to theaters anymore. Well, all there, mm -hmm. all there are, are family films, mm -hmm. horror films. Um, Mar I mean, superhero, <laughs> Marvel, superhero, Marvel, and what am I missing? I mean, it's all based on IP, intellectual mm -hmm. property. So it's all IP. So what? So what am I missing? Maybe there's not even been a Star Wars film in the last few years. So what am I missing? That's it. Uh, the biggest case in point is the big movie that I was excited to see this year was Sisu, and it was out for a grand total of two weeks before they took it out <laughs> because all the other big movies were coming in. Wait. Compare that to, say, Bloody Valentine, which was a 3D movie. And at the mm -hmm. time, there were only, I don't know, 800 3D theaters that like yeah. actually worked to show you 3D. 
And we were out of the theater in two weeks, which was unheard of because Coraline had to come in and there were only so many 3D theaters. So we were sharing. So we got our two week run and then they came in and did their two week run and somebody else came in, and did their run. Um, that's unheard of back then because you would stay a lot longer. You would stay until you were no longer making money. We were still making money, but we had to come out. Now, two weeks is if you can be in the theater for two weeks, that's amazing. Even if you're a blockbuster, you come out pretty quick. And I know the pandemic didn't help because we're all stuck at home. And so they, and certainly with Netflix, if you go back to the days of Netflix, Netflix would always get movies after they were at the theater and then play them. And yep. then Netflix made so much money that they started making their own movies. And they, in the beginning, they really weren't that, that good. And sometimes they still aren't that good, but they were oh, making so their own fun. movies. And now everybody's doing their own and they're streaming their own. And so I don't know how we get back to the theater. I really don't. I, I yeah tarantino says it's probably dead you know i think he's right it's probably dead and it's yeah, the, the superhero movie is becoming what medical dramas are to tv yeah yeah so I, I i was just curious about your thoughts about it before you know before we rushed off i just wanted to know how do we get back to the cinema because i and back to him i happened to be off last monday um and went to see oh god the new boogeyman did you see the new boogeyman the stephen king one yeah mm -hmm. uh, well that, I, I i was happy to be in the theater i was happy to be in the theater mm -hmm. but anyway but, you know the the other thing joe real quick to your point though is we saw drive-ins have a resurgence during covid had a great mm -hmm. time at the drive-in several times with my son well three and four yeah and i think what's really funny is one of the local drive-ins the judy has now made it a cottage industry like the other uh two weeks ago they had um john schneider from dukes of hazard mm -hmm. and they screened one of his films and then he did a signing but then they rolled into their regular films they were going to show and this week right. they're having i i'm blanking on that it's a relatively well-known country musician who's doing something called like the backroads tour or something and he's going to these mm -hmm. small towns but he's performing at five till dusk and then they're going to show their movies yeah and evidently they're selling out every weekend but it's because they're doing this for lack of a better term value added stuff to remind people that they exist yeah i don't know well so to wrap this up unless gentlemen wrap have it up yeah i do you you, you guys <laughs> gotta work tomorrow no, I don't have to work tomorrow. I was trying to be respectful of you, you bastard. Well, I was going to ask a question. You guys don't teach, right? Uh, James I does. I teach adjunct one or two classes a year, but I'm that's not my official title. And James, what's it? What I mean, I train. Work? I train class. I mean, I have training classes. Not the same okay. thing. So you do all you do all teach because I thought you guys were all more in the. I, you know. I'm administrator. I'm an administrator. And right. then Chad is an instructional specialist for training for administration, right, Chad? Mm -hmm. and I, and I worked with Joe for years, it. and it just eventually somebody offered me a faculty job, and it was tenure track. And I was told if you don't take it when it's offered, it yeah. never comes around again. So, I, and well, then I do teach a class. At, I actually I don't teach it. I work at I work at the University of Kentucky, but I actually only teach a class at BCTs at the community college because that's where I started right. at. So I teach a class this semester. Sorry. Well, the reason I ask is, as you know, I, I stopped. I didn't come uh, have a beer with you. I, I went to see my brother, whose uh, wife is a teacher. Mm -hmm. And to hear her 
talk about teaching. And I believe she's I believe she's pre-high school. Middle school? Yeah, it is not it is not a fun experience. Uh no, they That's make right. um, so I am currently the director of academic advising, which is academic yeah. advisors coming and tell you what to take and whatnot. Yeah. And they will make $10,000 more teaching in public school with tenure. And now when I post a job, it used to be attorneys who couldn't find jobs and want to be in advisors. Now it's teachers yeah. trying to get out of the Kentucky teacher system and whatnot from other places. Well, and I was about to say this, there was a study done this year. I actually yeah. just, I taught, I'm teaching a class in organization administration and higher education. Yeah. It's a thrilling class, I assure you. Uh, but just put me one of the, telling it. One of the things that I shared uh, last week in class was they just published a, uh, and I'm forgetting the organization, but it's basically all the presidents of all the land-grant institutions, mm -hmm. all the state college. And they did a survey of them. What are the 20 biggest fears they have? Number two on that list has nothing to do directly with the universities. It's exactly what you're talking about, the booming teacher shortages. Where teaching in a public school system has gotten so underpaid. So depending on what state you're in, what location, mm -hmm. all of that, but right. so challenging that we're seeing Kentucky is having teacher shortages, Tennessee, Mississippi, a lot of state Florida are having these teacher shortages. And, and it's really funny that you would think, you know, university presidents would cite censorship and they do, but it's number two on their list is, how are we going to address K through 12? Because we know, obviously, if K through 12 falls, higher yeah. education's done. Yeah, we yeah. can't admit people that aren't there. Yeah. And well, so, we do it, but yeah. Well, but it was it was kind of shocking even to me. I told the students, I'm like, look at this list and what sticks out. And everybody all at once went number two. And I was like, yeah. Mm -hmm. But the fact that university presidents are cognizant of that. And I'm not dissing university presidents, especially the ones that pays my salary. Anyway, uh, but yeah. but it's the fact that usually they are more, I don't want to say insular, but you're, you're paid to focus on your institution. Yeah. But the fact that that was number two, that, that education, K through 12 education writ large, yeah. is facing such a lack of people that are having a good time teaching. It's work. It's hard. You're dealing with students mm -hmm. and you're yeah. dealing with communities that, you know, not all students are supported by their families. We'll put it that yeah, way. Yeah, that, that, yeah. But it's it's very depressing that, you know, I think that a university president who's probably making, I would say, low ball $300,000, $400,000 a year, many of them much more, are even saying, oh, we got to look at this K-12 situation. We got to figure something out. So yeah. I don't know. But it was very interesting that that popped up on their survey as a number two concern. Well, it was certainly interesting to, to to talk to her about it because she they come they come certainly they're they're they lean more conservative than say I would would lean, yeah. but their issue was it's a it was a low low income school. A lot of the kids do not have any support, uh, and those who, and and most of the kids don't trust her any it, it, at all. Like they don't trust anything she says. They don't want to listen to her. They don't want to like. It's a very, it was a very difficult situation just to be a teacher it's very politicized um, correct it's, and it, it's, yeah. it, it is but at the same time you know the kid she's she was so just exhausted talking about it just you know because it was just it's not fun i mean i, I didn't grow up in that I, I you know 
there were kids who didn't want to be there and certainly buck the system. And I was very Ferris Bueller trying to get out of school as much as possible, but it was still a good education. It was good cafeteria. It was good. You know, it was a good school. Um, this does not sound like that is what she's dealing with. Uh, and I don't know which school she was at. I forgot to ask. But... Well, hey, but I, I think, I think that's one of the challenges. And you mentioned low income. I mean, my children go to a quote unquote title one low income school. And I always mm -hmm. joke that, you know, you're in trouble when I'm among the financially elite parents, right? When you're yeah. like, Oh, you work at a public institution yeah. and you have, but, it, it is one of the challenges that I think pops up often is education has just been cut so much and it's, it's a conversation and I'm not, I'm not an artist. I'm not, but you know, I can remember I went to a school in the middle of nowhere, Kentucky, and we had an art teacher and admittedly the art teacher didn't have a classroom. They had a cart they pushed around, but we got art every day. Yeah. And I talked to, you know, my, uh, my kids that don't, I mean, they don't get that. They get that, but it's because some teacher literally went above and beyond to say, listen, I've carved out some time. Let's do that. Yeah. And it's not. And so I don't know if it's curriculum changes or, but I also know part of the problem is, and I say this as a parent is parents. I mean, is, is that's, yeah. it's, um, you know, for every because I'm I'm anti-censorship. I'm like, no, leave Huck Finn on the shelf. If a kid mm -hmm. picks up Huck Finn and reads it and gets offended, at least they read a book. That's yeah. oh, that's forward momentum. Yeah. Then you can say, well, why are you offended? And you get to have a, a meaningful dialogue. Great. Yeah. But you know, it's it's the the for every one person like me, they get somebody saying you can't do this. And I mean, even even looking at student identities and, and student and, and all of that, you know, Florida, it was uh, don't say gay. And I know that's not the actual bill, but you know, the, the way some teachers are pulled in different directions because, mm -hmm. you know, some parents say, well, I don't want you to teach anything that acknowledges transgender issues. Well, then you have other parents saying, but that's my child. My child yeah. is, transgender how are you going to ignore my child and mm. i don't have a solution for it but i also don't believe in sugarcoating and saying okay everybody gets to have an education that's directly acknowledging only what you want to believe it's kind of like you were talking about fox news or 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 mm. any if you only go to one source you need that i mean i had teachers luckily that and if I would have went home and told my parents, I'm like, they're making me do things I don't want to do. My father would have eye rolled so hard, his eyes never yeah. would have came back down. It would have been like, that's yeah. that's what life is. You're going to do yeah. stuff you don't want to do. Learn from it. And if you can argue with them, yeah. more power to you, but do it. Yeah. And I think that's maybe what we've lost. And that's why we have all those challenges of, of keeping people on. Because, I mean, I... And sometimes, actually, I, I I was able to look back even while I was doing and be like, okay, they were right, I was wrong. Like, you know, but it's I don't think we, you know, the teacher that handed me Brave New World when I was a freshman in high school and said, read this, and it was you know, it's filled with sex and violence hmm. and people killing people because they're different and all that stuff. And never once did I think I'm gonna tell my parents I don't want to read this because of sex and violence. Can we answer? Now, and I assume right. that's not handed out there now. No, it's it's banned in a lot of. And matter of fact, that's actually I I was going to be a high school teacher, 
I was trained to do so. And I was doing my final round of student teaching. And we were in a, uh, we had a faculty meeting, which as part of my experience, I was supposed to go to. And the principal began the conversation with saying, you know, we need more AP English scores. We need our advanced placement, yeah. college credit English school. We need more people to do better on those. We're doing well, but we need more. You know, obviously, if you do well, you got to do better next time, right? Mm -hmm. Gooder. Yeah, even better. Uh, but anyway, the uh, but by the end of the meeting, it was about 15 minutes later. He said, we're also getting, uh, he said, we're getting parent complaints about certain things. And they want us to take these books out of the curriculum. And he was naming off books, and I literally looked over at my uh, the person that I was was my supervising teacher, and she literally just mouthed the words, "Do you want to do it?" And I was like, "Okay." And I was like, "Okay, you can pick one or the other." And the principal looked at me, and I was like, "I'm just I'm never getting a job at this school." And he said, "What do you mean?" Yeah. And I was like, "Every book you've named is a book on the AP English list: Brave New World, Huck Finn." I was like, "If we censor those, if we take those out." Or even it wasn't even taken them out of the library. It was don't assign them in class. If we don't assign those in class, and they try to take the AP Lit test, these things don't work. Yeah. You can't say okay, don't teach Brave New World, don't because it's on the list. It's yeah. on, and so, and then we get into entire conversation. Should we be teaching to a test anyway? But but I can only fight so many battles. Right. But I mean, that was actually the moment when I was like, you know, I'm not going to teach in a high school. I can't. That debate shouldn't happen, in my, mm. in my humble opinion, because if you're going to get a credential, if you're going to be, we wouldn't say to somebody that wanted to be a medical doctor, oh, you want to be a medical doctor, but you, you feel icky about blood. We won't make you do anything with blood then. We would not accept that as an option. No. Why do we allow that good, exception good for enough. art? Yeah. Why, why would we allow that? Oh, well, you want to study literature, but you don't want to read about anything that might involve sex or violence or anything well i don't know we might have a care bears the movie novelization sitting around but other than that what are we supposed to teach you from so i don't it's it's it but it is actually that moment right there was when i decided i'm going to go back to college i'm going to get a degree in higher education where i don't have to censor myself as yeah. much and and we'll see what you happens still do. you still do all right oh, you know you still do i mean i don't uh to joe but other than that, I still I try to be kind to others. Todd. Yes. Here we go. One last question. You're buying a castle. It's in Peru, Portugal. I don't know. I failed. He's not good. He's not good with maps. Just tell I'm him. Not good with it's just it's in it's in Russia. All right. You're buying a castle. Is this going to be, and I don't know how familiar familiar you are with this, is this going to be one of those Charlie Band castles and you're going to shoot 10 horror films in it over the next two months? So when we went to, we had a couple of places we wanted to see when we first went over there. I'm this not hearing no. You're not hearing no. Of course not. You're hearing no. So there are a couple of places we wanted to see this place. It took us a while to see. And so when we finally got there, there's a, there's a, I don't know what you would call it. It's um, it's an arched, uh, it's, it's arched, but it's very long. And there's there's wine uh, vines, grape vines growing all. The, so you're walking down through and it's probably 50 yards long. And yeah. as we're walking down through there, I looked over to Ida and I was like, can you imagine if something was chasing us through here? And she goes, I was thinking the same thing. So, yes, we're going to shoot stuff there. Absolutely. That's what I was hoping. That's all. I, that's what it's I, a 
thing. It's a uh, it's twelve acres, and there's nine buildings in addition to the 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 wee castle, and so uh, several of those buildings are giant, and one of them is probably three stories tall, which we would easily put in green or blue screen depending on what's hot at the time, and uh, create a little studio and go to town. All I'm hearing. Bonehead goes to Peru. <laughs> I know. Portugal. I mean, I know. I know. I mean, granted, Portugal. Peru is hold is, on is for in a, a second. Completely, but that's fine. I'm an idiot in making the joke, but besides that, you are closer to Peru than you are Portugal, <laughs> technically speaking. <laughs> well, that's all I'm hearing is that we. I, I thought we were going. To, we we're going to do this thing in Ireland, but since <laughs> now we're going to Peru, all fine then. Oh, that'll be funny. Where's Joe? Peru? Don't tell him. Don't tell him. <laughs> no, don't tell him. Don't tell the him. The best. Like that seems like something you would cut to in a movie where it's just you wandering around. It's almost like a uh, uh, romancing the stone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's basically yeah. basically I'm Joan Wilder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. That's it. Well, what I love what I love about being over there is, you know, because when you're in Europe, you can basically take the train anywhere. Yes. And so I, I like I like the idea that that we have that access. And so it's going to be it's going to be interesting. It's terrifying. But again, this time. This time next week, we'll be in a plane. So. Uh, How much are you taking with you? Uh, I'm trying to de- actually, it's funny. If any, you mentioned that I'm trying to decide what what tools i can take yeah uh what i have room for what i don't have room for because the place needs you know place does need some work so i'm taking all of my makitas are already over there i've mm-hmm. got a chop saw down there that i don't even know if i'll be able to take it my skill saw is still here so i, I have to put that in a suitcase somewhere and uh, uh but like my drills and my multi-tools and all that stuff's my my uh my cousin took all that stuff over there because he flies for Aer Lingus. Oh really? Yeah. So, uh, nice. so I'll p- pick those up from him when, when we get there. Yeah. And uh, I was about to say, paying shipping on that shit, it's almost probably cheaper to buy it there than it would be to ship it. Some of it, I mean, the chop saw and the nail gun, that stuff's pricey. So if I can get those in a box, but the problem is finding a box that will fit those weird sized things. Yeah, you and then you know clothes and. I can't believe you took the time for us to have a two hour chat in the middle of this. You have no idea how much that means to us. I can't imagine it means that much. It does. Hey, <laughs> you called me beautiful before recording. It made my day. That is true. I did do that. That's because you that. both have the same head. Yeah. I'm, by the way, for our listeners of the YouTube, I'm wearing a hat because I had been working relentlessly and was sweating so bad that I didn't want to blind everybody with my sweaty. All right. Did, did, so get out, get get out there and get your little little sun on it. Oh, it is. Oh, there you go. Yeah, Do you see right. the shiny? Nice. Yeah, that's nice. <laughs> that's nice. Todd, thank all, you so much. All of us. <laughs> so much. <laughs> I swear to God, all I want to do is give him some time back because I'm trying to be respectful <laughs> of his time, and he's the one that keeps talking. I can't help it. I know. I like talking to you too. Well, hopefully, you will have. He didn't say that. No, that's true. That's true. He just said he liked oh, to talk, and he did call himself a narcissistic bastard earlier. So, yeah, he just wanted to talk about himself. Hopefully, that's they true. have internets in Peru. I do. Keep so, very fast. See, here's the thing: is I've now said the joke that later I will just say Peru, and I'll forget. Yes, that you probably will. 
Yeah, because I'm a dumbass. All right. Yes. So we're going to log off now. Gentlemen, let's give it up for Todd Farmer one more time to Thank explain you. to us why we don't understand any rules or regulations of the WG. I, I can't imagine I helped anyone understand anything, but you're very <laughs> kind. No, I think you did. All right. Well, as I say, it gives, it gives context. At least people now have a context that, you know, there's not a check coming every week or every month. That is true. Every... There's not. Sometimes we need a little extra money to help us float. Right. All right. This has been Bonehead. Uh-huh.